Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us. However you are doing so, large device or small, it is John, it is Hannah, it is the cast of thousands, and it's the last monthly one that we're doing because... I'm waiting for you to finish this sentence, and you're just sitting there staring at me. like waiting I'm for just me to... nodding and smiling you're at you. Nodding and smiling. Okay. So why is this the last monthly one for 2021, Hannah? Because we are one month away from <laughs> football season, John. That's what July is for. July is for getting ready for football season. It's for seven-on-seven seven camps. Uh, the end of the month in and of itself is conditioning week to get everybody ready for as many as two uh games that'll lead you into your your regular season to scrimmages that you can have so this we're getting into the busy time for me it's also dusting off some cobwebs i've been in vacation mode you know visiting You're a little a little 30a it's july 4th of july lake time so I'm also currently just knocking off cobwebs and getting ready for the season. Okay, so you said lake time. Do you go to the haunted lake as a part of your celebration? I have not. We went to Blue Ridge this time. Okay. Lake Blue Ridge. Shout out to Blue Ridge, Georgia. As the kids go, is it woot woot? Is that what the kids do when no. you're shouting out? No. No. Well, and the reason Bannon County High. The reason I said the uh, the haunted lake is because every time somebody goes to Lake Lanier, something yeah. happens. No, I haven't been there. In a while, you scared me. Okay, so. good. Okay, well, then you went to Blue Ridge and everything was fine. So this is the last monthly that we get to, to hang out with you here. And this one, what we've wanted to do during the summer months and the spring months is kind of catch everybody up with mm -hmm. some of the new faces, returning faces, good storylines. And for this go-around, we go to Carrollton and catch up with Joey King. Yes, we King. do. And Joey, for those that uh, might not remember, if you're new to high school football here in the state of Georgia, won state championships in Cartersville with the Cartersville Purple Hurricanes, mm -hmm. then went to the college ranks for a couple of years, went to Coastal Carolina, went to South Florida. Now he's back in Carrollton, and Carrollton was where he was an assistant before he was the head coach back in Cartersville. Yeah, and before we get into his interview, he is heading to a 7v7. So what's going on with practices, John, and 7v7s right now? And They exist. Give everybody an update on, on what's happening. They're all over the place. And we get into 7v7s and get to talk to Joey about what it's like this time of year where you can challenge yourself, not just uh, not just going up against your own players and, and teammate versus teammate kind of things, where you can challenge yourself against not just schools from the state of Georgia, but from the southeast. And, I mean, this seven-on-sevens have yeah. turned into a huge deal. I mean, to like tournament style, yeah. right? And, and what this what this gives you is an opportunity to sit there and see where you are offensively. Mm -hmm. I know that if, or if you're a defensive coach, it probably drives you crazy because there's only seven of you out there instead of 11. And it's kind of a, a, a way to, to look at things with less guys. And I know that defensive coaches, you know, it's like we're out there with less guys. I mean, it's not, you know. Yeah. So uh, you know, when you have 7v7 tournaments, it, they've turned into a really big deal around the country. I never thought about that, that it was more for the offense, offensive side of the ball and kind of getting things smoothed out that way. Make sure your guys are gelling. Yes, they, they are. They are gelling like Magellan. So hot. They're melting. <laughs> 
See, this is what happens when you don't see people for a month. You get this kind of stuff here. This kind of quality oh, podcasting man, and quality stuff. audio that comes across on all of your favorite devices this way. You get all the great jokes. Actually, I don't know if that was a great joke. We have we actually have a book up on the second floor of Georgia Public Broadcasting that has all of the jokes that we're allowed to use on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast, and we trot them out each and every single time. I haven't seen this book. Yeah, it's on your desk. It's not on my desk. <laughs> I have never seen this book. Next podcast, we're going to get the book out. Okay. If it exists, and yeah. we're going to read some jokes. Yeah, we're going to read jokes, and then it's a dollar into the into the cookie jar. Every single joke that we use that no one laughs. Okay, I think everybody is ready to hear Coach King. I think so, too. So here, here's Joey King from Carrollton. We caught up with him from his, his temporary location on the Cartersville High School campus. And my first question was, what it's what's it like for you to be back? Oh, we're we're tickled to death to be back. You know, Georgia, Georgia high school football is a special thing near and dear to my heart. But we're we're tickled to death to be back uh, in the great state of Georgia, specifically here in Carrollton. So you coached at Cartersville. You spent some time in the colleges. Now you're back. Give us some insight on what it's what's it been like for you making the rounds. Oh, well, for, making the rounds is terrible. We've moved three times in three years. I don't recommend that for anybody. Wow. Uh, but, I mean, Cartersville was special special for us. And then having the opportunity to go and coach under Jamie Chadwell, who was the national coach of the year this past year at Coastal Carolina, and being with Jeff Scott, who learned under Dabo Swinney, just the experience that I've gained over the past couple of years it, has definitely been valuable, something that I'll always cherish. But as far as making the rounds, man, they, they can have that. I'm over moving. I was going to ask, you know, you, you mentioned going into the college ranks. What did you learn about yourself as a coach leaving the high school ranks, going to college, and now coming back? What did you learn about yourself? Oof, uh, it, it was kind of refreshing to step out of the head coaching role for a little bit and to be an assistant again, uh, especially to just have a position. Um, so I, I learned I learned a lot of valuable information when it comes to just the details of playing the game. Uh you know, I, as you're a head coach and you delegate all these things, you you forget to go back to those details and those little bitty things positionally. That's what makes you good uh, as a football team. So that also learned that I like to be in charge. Uh, so I, I like to be in that leadership role. I like to control the climate of a team. That's something that I'm passionate about. Uh, so I really, really miss that, which is one of the reasons that I'm back into it now. Yeah, I've asked this question to coaches before, and they always say the parents are the biggest difference to you. What's the biggest difference from coaching college and coaching high school? Uh, I think it's just the, the the recruiting. You know, X's and O's are X's and O's. Ball is ball. Um, there, there's a lot more parents that that try to be involved at the high school level than collegiately. Collegiately, it's I mean, it, it's a grind. You know, it's more of a business. Um, but also the thing about high school that I really love is being around the guys. Like I was around our guys from 730 this morning till lunch. We fed them breakfast and lunch. There was nothing regulating my time with them. You know, in the summertime in college, you may get 30 minutes around them during the day, four hours a week. And that's it. You know, if you want to do an occasional meal with them, you have to fill out a form and send it off. If I want to have these guys to my house and feed them pizza, they can come and do that anytime. So those relationships that you had to work at it you know, around the, the, the confines of the, the NCAA to, to make those relationships work. But high school, it's still, uh, it's wide open. You know, there are no regulations. And I really enjoy being around the guys that I coach. So 
now that you're back in Carrollton and full disclosure, folks are just going to be listening to this conversation, but you're talking to us from your office and I'll go ahead and use air quotes for the, the spring and summer there in the press box at Grisham Stadium. How much has Carrollton changed since you were there last? Yeah, it's changed a good bit. I mean, the, the town has act, the town has actually grown. Uh, the indoor facility is amazing. I mean, a full 120 yard uh, indoor facility, which is, I mean, I, I coached collegiately, and we didn't have that at either one of the colleges. Now, so there's plans for it, you know, but that part's special. It just shows the commitment of the people here in the community. Um, to everything that they do. I mean, when, when you pull on campus and you guys have been here, you pull on campus and you see this place, you realize that there's there's a commitment, not just to the athletes, but there's a commitment to every student that's here, you know, and that, that's evident from the time you step foot on campus. Uh, so that part has still been the same, uh, but the indoor facility, the big weight room, the town has grown a little bit and some of the faces uh, have gotten a little bit older, you know, but uh, it's still a lot of the same qualities that make Carrollton special. What's your schedule like now? What are you guys doing? I mean, we're halfway through July. I can't believe it. Uh, what What are you guys up to on the field? And so we're, we're just working, you know. So we, we get here in the morning, we feed them breakfast, and then we we lift and run, do a little conditioning, and then go through. Uh, today we did a little bit of special teams, hit on a couple of offensive and defensive standpoints, and then did, did a little bit of seven-on-seven. Uh, we're throwing in a seven-on-seven tomorrow, which is why we had to, why we had to record this. And then uh, the end of the week we're going to the Hoover the little, the big, I say the little, the big 707 that they do at Hoover. So kind of closing out that and getting a little bit closer to, to real football. I know that your expectations for your programs are always high. When you go to these seven on sevens and you get to test yourself against, and this is something that's, you know, changed in the last, say, decade, decade and a half where you challenge yourself now regionally, if not nationally, in things like these seven-on-sevens, it gives you a bit of an early gauge. But how much of a gauge is it against Georgia competition, knowing that you're going up against teams that are outside the state? I mean, how, how different is it when you can gauge where you are in something like this? Yeah, so, you know, tomorrow's will be against a lot of teams from Georgia. And then the, the big one is, I mean, you got like Evangel Christian from Louisiana coming. Some of the places all over Georgia that have big-time quarterbacks were thrown against uh, maybe Frederick Douglass in Kentucky. I mean, some some big schools that, you know, well, they've won a lot more ball games than I ever have or, or will ever think of, really. Um, it's just an opportunity to go out and compete with some of the best of the best in the Southeast. Uh, but 7-on-7, seven seven, a lot of people have their different thoughts and philosophies about it, and I could, I could go on a tangent here. But I think it's an opportunity for your guys to – to go out there and to compete. You know, I don't care if they're playing checkers or dodgeball or whatever. Anytime you got an opportunity to compete, you you got to put your best foot forward. And then the second thing is it puts your defense in unrealistic situations. Their backs against the wall, there's no pass rush and and, and those you know, and the quarterbacks can stand back there for forever and make these throws. So it puts them in an opportunity that's going to help us especially as the playoffs get here, you know, seeing some of these quarterbacks and and as these guys are able to throw the ball. So I think they're good from a competition and, and the defensive standpoint. The rest of it, I really could care less about. You get into you get into a lot of other stuff that's not football, but uh, we'll get to find out about ourselves a little bit this week. Well, introduce your team. Tell us about some of your big playmakers, and then I know we want to ask you about a big playmaker in particular that you've coached in the past. So yeah. tell us tell us some about uh, your your big players. Yeah, so we, you know, we've got a lot of guys that we're that are. It's gonna be their first time playing under the Friday Night Lights. 
Wow. You know, they grad they graduated the senior class here. Um, Chaz Chambliss, a bunch of big time guys. That there, I think there were thirty something seniors. You know, so we're looking at replacing about about 18, 17 or 18 of the starters will, will be brand new. You know, so we've got some guys coming back that had experience in the past. Keyshawn Ridley's our running back. He's, he was our leading rusher last year. He'll be back. Terrell Carmichael, uh, who I actually – I offered Terrell a scholarship when I was coaching at Coastal Carolina after his sophomore season. So I've always been a fan of him and the way that he plays. Um, he's going to be a big senior leader for us. Amari Hall. Uh, had a had an outstanding track season, and we're looking for that confidence carry over on into the football season. Ace Williamson is a receiver that we've got coming back who had a killer baseball season. We're looking for that confidence to translate onto the football field as well. So those are some of the guys that will be leading us this fall. When you, when you get into a challenge like this, and you've done this in, in your other stops where you've lost seniors and you've had to regroup and you've had to – kind of rebuild I know that this is a special kind of assignment for you when you took it and you knew what you were getting into I mean how have things progressed since you first signed your name back on the dotted line to come home yeah you know that's that's the part that I really enjoy you know I, I mentioned earlier controlling the climate getting the guys to buy in and to believe to believe in your core values and just creating that unity amongst these guys that that's the part that I love and I I, I take a lot more pride in that than drawing up some fancy football play, you know. So the guys that they bought in, they they fought hard, they worked hard in the weight room, they're killing themselves this summer, all the running and all the stuff that we're doing. And you know, we started a we, we do a leadership course with our guys. So we pick our core leaders and we take them through a study uh, that starts in the summer and we'll go through the through the through the school year, excuse me, and we'll teach them what it means to be a leader. And then we let those guys have some ownership and some of the decisions that we make in the team and. You know, the more buy-in and belief that you can get, uh, the more those guys are willing to fight fight for each other on a Friday night. I'm going to circle back to my question and ask you about the playmaker that you coached at Cartersville. Yeah, we've heard about this kid. Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> not sure if anyone has heard of him or not. Um, I, I want to bring it to present, though. What do you remember about coaching him, and were there lessons learned that you that you teach your quarterbacks today? And and just tell us the experience that experience. Well, I just think he was a great example, you know, to be uh, the, the top recruit coming out of high school, to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Um, he he came to work every day and busted his tail every day, you know. So these kids, some of these kids think nowadays if, if you, they've arrived early or they're at this level that. It's just kind of about getting through and just get me to Friday night or just get me to Saturdays in college. That that was never the case with him. So he was an example to his team of, look, yeah, I, I've got this this label of however many stars or whatever, you know, but I, I'm going to come to work every single day and I'm going to outwork you every single day that I'm here. So just that, that mentality that he brought uh, each and every day, uh, the humble demeanor that he did it with. I mean, super humble. Uh, I, I can't imagine being 18 years old and having the attention that he had and acting the way that he acted as low-key, even kill as he was. He, he never really let stuff get to him. That's probably the most impressive thing about him. Uh, then as far as uh, being a coach goes, I mean, he, he made you a better coach. You had to bring your A game every single day. Uh, and you had to remember what you told him because if you told him one thing, uh, one week and then four weeks down the road, you told him something different. He was going to call you on Coach, you remember four weeks ago we said this. <laughs> very, very cerebral player uh, and made everybody around him better. So are you getting free tickets to Jacksonville on home Sundays? How does this work now? 
who knows? I'll I'll be working on Sundays after church, so I'll be watching him on TV. Same thing that I did when he was at Clemson. I did have the honor to be to be with him on draft night. That was a pretty cool little deal to to be a part of that. I also got to go. I was at his wedding a couple of weeks prior to the draft. Marissa, so yeah. To be to be a part of those those special events in his life really meant a lot to me. But he, he's doing great. They they just got in a house down there in Jacksonville, and he's uh he's getting adjusted to the NFL. When it comes to your region this year, I mean it's it's pretty stacked and pretty stout. When you look at the other teams there in your region, what do you see? Uh, there's a lot of talent in this region. You know, you, you got Rome. They were young last year. They're gonna. I mean, Rome's a powerhouse. Coach Reed's gonna have those guys ready to play. Uh, they've had some battles with Carrollton in the past, so you know we're we're looking forward to those those matchups in the future. South Paulding, I thought had a, a big squad last year, a great squad. Uh, Dalton has traditionally been you know in and out of the mix, so they'll you know we expect a lot out of them. East Paulding's got some good players, uh, you know, so we we we've got our work cut out for us in the region, especially I think we're probably one of the uh, one of the youngest teams coming back uh, in the region with what we graduated last year. But our, our guys are hungry. They're they're ready to fight, uh, and we're going to put our best foot forward. Region play included, what are your thoughts on your schedule overall? You know, I think uh, I think it's good. I, I'm just excited that the, the stands are going to be opened up again. You know, Grissom Stadium is going to be packed. I'm, I'm fired up about that. Uh, you know, so we, we scrimmage rock mark. Uh, that'll be a good test early with what they do offensively. And then we play New Manchester, who, who's right down the road from us. You know, big battle against Noonan. Uh, they've got a lot coming back. So we've got our, we've got our work cut out. We better, we better hurry up and get ready for those guys because they got a lot coming back. Uh, that, that community is kind of united after the, you know, the, the tornado that hit and just the momentum that they have going forward. So we have to, we have to bring our A game that game. Coach Walker have those guys ready to play. Uh, then we play Jonesboro as a non-region game, and they're they're super talented. They've got some big-time prospects on that team too. So we'll have to get ready for that. But our, our goal, realistically, and people think it's coach talk, and some of it may be, but what we did at Cartersville and what what our goal is here is to go one and zero each week. You know, if we if we focus on winning that game, uh, that game's all that matters that week. You know, and then we'll turn around and try to do it again the next week. And it worked out pretty well for us there. I hope it does here too. One final question for me, and Hannah might have one to, to wrap up on her end. You mentioned last year, and I asked you a little earlier about what you learned from yourself from the college game coming back here to high school. What did you learn about yourself and being a father and a family man and a coach in the last 16 months that you can apply going forward to where you are back to being with Carrollton? I, I think that's one of the that's one of the reasons that I'm back in Carrollton is because I I value that um, more than anything else. You know, I, when I when I left my job at at South Florida, there were a thousand people that were lining up to take that one. If I don't do what I'm supposed to do as a daddy and a husband, a thousand people aren't lining up to take that one. You know, so I, I want to make sure that those relationships are cherished um, and that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do as a daddy and a husband. Banished to the press box mm. at Christian Stadium. Not a terrible place to be. Wonder how the air conditioning is in there. Well, I'm sure that he was definitely in control of the air conditioning because, you know, if you're there and you're trying to work and, you know, as he told us, we were like the the third or fourth thing that he had stacked up. It was like planes on the runway. It's like, okay, so 
it was, you know, I've got to talk to Hannah and John at this time, but I've, it's like three or four other things. And so you've got to make sure that the air conditioning is functional. And, and also, I mean, that you're getting that you're able to get your work done. You know, you, you need your MiFi, you need your wireless, you need to make sure that everything's there. Because, I mean, your college coaches, I'm sure, are calling. You're trying to get everything done on a daily basis with all your administrative stuff. I mean, they're, they're doing some fantastic stuff uh, to the field house there at Grisham Stadium. But uh, Joey's kind of working from the press box right now. He's got a different home. He's got a great Wi-Fi setup. I mean, there was not one glitch. He showed us the view. <laughs> like hey that's a pretty good high school press box yeah and it's a great facility what they've done there at Grisham Stadium over the last handful of years Yeah, they've, they've renovated right yeah they've renovated and it is truly one of the great facilities here in the state of Georgia not just in West Georgia but it, but in the entire state and if you've never been to a game at Grisham Stadium I would highly Gotta recommend go. it because uh, it's another one of the great environments here in the state of Georgia when it comes to high school football going to Carrollton to see a Carrollton Trojans game with the history that's there with coach Grisham, uh, coach Grisham and Ben Scott and everybody up through, you know, Ed Dudley's been there and, and it's not just in football, but you know, now with uh, Joey coming home, I mean, it's, it's really cool to see this kind of stuff go down there in Carrollton. So with the reno to the field house, is that like updating locker rooms? And I would just go choice D all the above. Yeah. I would imagine that there's a lot is going your weight on. room in there. See, now this is the kind of stuff that Joey needs to tell us about or what he needs to do when it's done. Because some give facilities us another have their... tour. Yeah. Oh, he needs tour. to, he needs to yeah. give us another tour. Once it's once it's done, he can take his phone and just like he did with the, the Zoom interview that we had him with here. He can just sit there and just go through the facilities like, OK, here's what this looks like now and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, once again, great credit to not just the, the school system there in Carrollton, but the city of Carrollton and everybody that's done a, a great deal of support and backing to make sure that things like this can happen to make sure that your your students can have the great facilities that they can have to, to compete in this day and age. Yeah, and his former school, Cartersville, their facilities will knock your socks off. I mean, the weight room is its own building. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't believe that. And, and you know, shout out to Daryl Damastis and yes. everybody there at uh, Cartersville for what they've been able to build as well. Mm -hmm. How cool was it that we got to find out that he was invited to, to Trevor Lawrence's wedding? So cool. Did he say he went? <laughs> yeah, he was invited. That doesn't mean he could go. Well, I think I think he I think he went. I'm I'm assuming. That Is he, he went. married yet? Wait, he just got engaged. Trevor? Yeah. No, he got married. Oh. Yeah, Trevor got Cobwebs. Trevor Trevor got married to Marissa. I think it was just after the NFL draft. Okay. And uh, because I follow I follow them both on Insta. Yeah. Or the IG. What does yeah, yeah, the yeah. kids say these days? The yeah. Grant. The, yeah, gram? the Gram. Okay. Instagram. I follow them both on the Gram. Okay. And I do not. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, I think you need to. And it, there were pictures of uh, Trevor and Marissa's wedding and everything from draft night all the way through. So it's been a Aww. very, very busy summer for T-Law and his hair. That's awesome. Is he going to, they're going to make him cut it? Probably, definitely no, not. Probably, no, definitely no, not. no, you do not step on <laughs> Superman's cape and you do not have oh, Samson hair. cut his hair. We know what happened when Samson had his hair cut. You, you, T, I mean, I mean, the Twitter account would be just crestfallen. Yeah, what would it, happen? I mean, T-Law doesn't have hair. Here, I'm going to hop on Instagram and, and follow him. Okay. I think it's T-Lawrence 16, something like that. And then Marissa, I think it's Marissa Lawrence. So, see, this is once there again. There we go. Yeah. I, don't, I can't believe I don't follow him. See? And now you got to follow Marissa, too. Okay. And here are the wedding pictures. See, I'm just behind. Yeah. See, awesome this is. Stuff. All right. So, we've caught up with everything going on in Carrollton. <laughs> now, that that's, now that that's done. That incredibly <laughs> important piece of business is done. We've got media days coming up, okay. too. Mm -hmm. Let's get into the real 
Important. Media days. Really important stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. media days we've got, let's I mean, see. we've got DeKalb County. We've got. On the uh, 19th. And we also have, I think, late in the month, we've got uh, Fulton County Schools is coming on up. On the 30, 23rd. I think it's the week after, the 30th, the 30, the 30, how many days? 30th, the no, 30th, July 30th will be Fulton County. Yeah, so if, you're, if you've got a media day, mm-hmm. if you want to let us know what's going on in your county with your schools, let us know about your media day we'll so out. that way we can post it and Interviews. let everybody else know what's going on and we can say hi to everybody, which is something we didn't get to do a lot of last year unless it was done digitally. It's going to be great to be out there and catch up with folks. So let us know on our social media platforms what's going on with your media days in your area. Like, friend, be a part of the conversation on Facebook, on the Gram, on Twitter, on our YouTube channel. Am I missing anything? Do I have all of our social media platforms? So, yeah, if if you're not liking, friending, or being a Mm -hmm. part of a conversation there, let us know what's going on in your part of the world so we can share it with everybody else because it's going to be fast and furious coming in very, very quickly. Media days are just around the corner. End of this month, it's conditioning, and then you're getting into practices and scrimmages. And before you know it, as we're talking, we're probably like, what, five weeks away from the regular season? Oh, yeah. So it is going to be fast and furious. Go over the schedule with everything with GPB Sports one more time when we're doing stuff and when folks can expect us to be wall-to-wall for the 2021 season. What are the dates that you wrote down? Yeah, so we finally have some dates for everybody. The very first Countdown to Kickoff Facebook Live broadcast and the very first recruiting show will both be on August 19th. So put that into your calendar. We are changing the date and time once again. Last year for COVID, we switched from noon to 5 on Wednesdays. And this fall, we are going to Thursdays to give us one more day in the week to prepare to get one more closer to Fridays. So it will be Thursdays back to noon. Facebook Live, August 19th. And then our very first pod weekly podcast will start Monday, August 9th. That will be the uh, 1 o'clock podcast taping comes out usually pretty quickly after that, the next day or so. Yep. And then our first game, our first Football Friday in Georgia broadcast will be September 10th. See, I feel like this is where we need the music stinger for the beginning of the Football Fridays in Georgia show. Just drop it in there. September 10th. We have a few games in mind. We cannot spill the beans yet. No. But when we know, we'll let you know. And that's why you're supposed to like and friend and be a part of the conversation on all of our social media platforms. So Gwinnett County, Fulton County Media Days, look for coach interviews coming up soon, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Start cranking some stuff out. Yeah, and it's going to be great to see everybody. It's going to be great to have another fantastic season of high school football here in the state of Georgia. Is there anything else that I forgot before we go? Just excited for the season. Yes. I mean, I'm excited for media days. We had no media days last year. So to get some to get one-on-one time with coaches and players and get just that extra information to prepare for games that we didn't get last year is going to be extremely helpful. And the next time that we talk, there's going to be a lot of storylines that we're going to be looking at, teams looking to repeat. You're looking at teams with some of the top prospects, not just in the state, but in the entire country that are going to be on display. You've got coaches with milestones coming up just around the corner. Oh, just one one particular coach. Brought to us by the number 400. 400. Alan Chadwick, one went away from 400 Coach wins Chadwick. for a career at Marist. The bobblehead will have to be on the desk yes, all season. The yes. Alan, if you watch Count on the Kickoff, the Alan Chadwick bobblehead will be on the desk. 
as an homage to one of the legends of high school coaching here in the state of Georgia. So there's a lot of storylines that we'll get into next time around. All the stories, everybody looking to repeat, all the top prospects. We're going to cover it for you all season long here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast and across all of our different platforms here at GPB and GPB Sports. It's going to be fun. Thanks again to Joey King for hanging out with us from the press box at Grisham Stadium. His Get office, him his office back. His office away from his office temporarily with his time back with the Carrollton Trojans. It's great to catch up with him. Anything else before we go? I'm good. So since she's good, that's it for the show. For <laughs> Jesse, for Jahi, for everybody else on the con, for uh, Sandy Sandy, she's Hannah. I'm John. Play it safe, everybody. We'll see you next time.